0: Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I've helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent four and five figure months, and then into the six and seven plus figure years without burning out in the process. Have you ever heard about Human Design, or maybe you've heard about it, but don't quite understand how it applies to you, but also how it can help you to grow that amazing? successful business that you want. Well, you're in for a treat because today's podcast is one you don't want to miss as I speak with leading human design thought leader Aaron Claire Jones on what is human design. Human design is something I've really embraced over the last year. I allowed myself to get curious. I allowed myself for the seeds to be planted. I allowed myself to let go and embrace it. And human design has helped me in so many, so many ways magical ways. On the podcast today we're going to be chatting about what is human design, what are the benefits of understanding human design, what are the different types of human design, and how human design can help your business grow. I'll also share about how it's impacted me over the last 12 months. But before we hop on to this amazing episode with Erin, don't forget that we're just finishing up 2021. We don't need to go into 2022 with chaos in our head and no support. So if you're feeling stuck in your business, have so many ideas in your head but don't know what to do or what to work on, have zero strategy, don't know what one or what what items will give you the biggest return on investment, I would encourage you to head to my website and explore the variety of ways I can support you to help you make 2022 your best year ever. Regardless if you're in startup stage, growth stage, or scale stage, I work with women from all different backgrounds from all over the world. With one-to-one support, my mastermind, profit pillars, or my VIP days, I'm here to support you. Simply head to AngelaHanderson.com.au, click on the work with me button, Or you can head over to Instagram and send me a DM. My handle is Angela Hennessy Consulting. We can start chatting about how I can support you in 2022. Now let's get into this amazing and much needed episode with Erin.
1: Hey, 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 Erin. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm super excited to have you here today. I mean, human design is something I've always kind of heard about, but never really started to unpack and get really curious about it until this year. And then I obviously started following you and I was like, you know what, I need to just reach out to this amazing human, see what she's all about. And we've had amazing connections over the last year. You've spoken at one of my events. I've gotten your amazing human design blueprint. I'm looking at doing some work with you next year. So I just want to have you on today because I just think it's so important for me to plant the seed for so many others just like the human design was planted for me many years ago and those who are ready to receive more about human design will and those who aren't that's okay too but at least we started to plant the seed and open up this conversation so so excited to have you here today.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and it's been such a pleasure interacting with you in all those different forums, you know, and I'm so excited that human design is coming more into your life because it obviously is such a powerful tool for the people that are really excited by it.
0: Yay! Okay. so but now before we ever get started into the nitty-gritty about today in particular human design I always like to ask a fun question just so my audience gets to know you a little bit better because you could be new to them so my fun question that I want to just ask you or this exciting curious question is more about what is your all-time mantra or quote that you kind of live by or go by uh, and why?
1: Mm. So Oh gosh, it's always changing. I think one that is probably the hardest for me to live by, but the most important is just I wrote a poem a few years ago. So it's actually a little bit weird because it's my quote, but not intentionally. Um, but <laughs> yeah. in the poem, in the poem, I said a line that said, like, in trust in trust, in trust. And so my partner like painted it on a canvas and put it above my bed. Basically, oh, it was like sweet. a sign to be like, Aaron, trust yourself, you know. So I think that like it can be so tempting to want to know where everything's going and how it will manifest. And I think I have such a, it's such a constant reminder for me to just like surrender and like keep making it my job to just like make the next most aligned, most courageous decision. and know it's always taking me in the right direction. So it's definitely not a lesson that I've mastered, but one that I'm constantly aware of in ways that I really need to be
0: we're just talking about that before we hit record right that the universe is giving us everything we need trust that it's working for us not against us but it does take 100%. a long time for some of us to get that right because it's like why isn't it working how could this be different da, 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 da. but it's just trust the process everything yeah. is working for you but yeah do you have any thoughts about why do you think it is so hard for us humans to kind of embrace that concept
1: I think that we just like want to control. I think that we have really powerful minds. It's like tempting to want to like understand it, but I think there's some things we can understand. And we also don't always know the timing of things. Like, you know, I've been working with human design for six years now, but the first three years were like, I was sharing human design at a time that people were not very interested or it was just like a little bit early for it. And Mm -hmm. I think like thinking back, I could have just been like, you know, just given up really early. And like, I did walk away for a little bit because I was like, this is not the right timing, but I really stepped back into it. And then like at the right time, people were ready. But I think it required me in those moments to be like, there's gold in the system. It still feels mm-hmm. amazing. I can't wait to learn more about it. Like I've got to just keep diving in, in preparation and in trust that someday people will care. So mm-hmm. I share that story just as a kind of reminder that like, we don't always know the timing for things. Mm-hmm. We might like not understand why it's not happening now, but like it will in the future. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. that we, we want to understand it all. And like, I think that our job is to just like trust ourselves moment by moment to do the things that feel the most aligned and like mm-hmm. know that we might not always understand why until later. Mm-hmm. And so kind of releasing that. Dude, I love it. And yeah, I just
0: think it's, it's so important. But again, especially when you're in early entrepreneurship, I find that it's just like it's there's so many about but why is it working? Why is it working? And if we can just kind of start reframing that going, it is working. It's just working in a different way, right, for us. And yeah. so, yeah, no. something so interesting. Now, so now that we know a little bit more about your mantra and that this beautiful canvas that your partner painted for you, I'd love for you just to share a little bit with the audience about where did you start in business and where are you at now?
1: mm So I don't think I really ever expected to be an entrepreneur. I don't know what was really coming for me, but I mean, I, maybe I did. I I studied entrepreneurship in college, kind of impact driven entrepreneurship. And I started my career working at a number of different startups and kind of business development and community capacities. Um, And it was fun, but it, it didn't feel totally aligned. And I think on the side of that, I was always exploring different kind of personal development modalities, mostly just for my own journey. And in 2015, I was introduced very serendipitously to human Design. I was at a friend's gathering in New York where I live. I had a stranger sit next to me and ask if he could look at my human design. He gave me like a little mini reading on the spot. It was the most resonant and useful thing I had ever heard. And he kind of ended that conversation by saying, And I think we're meant to build a business together and we should share this with the world. And so it was like such a kind of direct invitation. Um, so I started out my kind of entrepreneurial career with him. And we went together, we joined forces to build a business together around human design in 2015 through 2017. Um, but like I said, it was really early mm-hmm. and, you know, I was still learning, but also like human design wasn't really in the conversation yet in the way that it is now. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of gave up in 2017, a new opportunity came, um, And I was just like, I don't know, like, I can't really like this. We're not really supporting ourselves. This isn't very sustainable. So I walked away um, to help kind of open this beautiful new space in New York City. And I thought I was giving up on human design, but like Mm -hmm. that job and opportunity was the thing that actually like accelerated my entire business. Like three months after I joined that job, um, I started my own human design practice and I started doing it on the side and kind of built it up to the point at which I could leave Um, and so I think that one thing I just want to say, and then I'll keep going is that like, I think that I first felt as an entrepreneur that I got to like, have to go all in. Mm -hmm. And I think for me having like the testing ground of being able to build a business without feeling the pressure to support myself by it immediately really Mm -hmm. worked for me Mm -hmm. because the time, by the time I was able to leave, I was making more through human design than the job. And I was like, this is the, I just felt like so much more supported to go, um, And then my husband became my business partner and we started building this together. And it's just been, it's been an amazing thing. We started, he joined in 2019. Um, now we worked with over like 15,000 people. It's really grown tremendously every year. And I think that, um, yeah. I think that like we're in a really, and also my partner is, you know, he has built businesses before. So he brings a lot of um, just like smart business and like smart strategy in a way that it's all kind of still new to me, but it's been a really amazing journey. And I think that it's been a real lesson for me to learn how to scale and grow our business in a way that doesn't burn us out. And I think so much of the conversation has been around not only like how big can we grow or whatever, that actually hasn't been the conversation at all. It's more just like, what is the business that we want to build that will kind of fuel the lifestyle that we Want to live you know and i know for us like neither of us want to burn out neither of us want to manage a huge team so we've been really intentional about talking about the kind of the business that we want to build in the structure that actually will feel the most sustainable and joyful for us and where we can have the most impact
0: I think you raise a few po- good points there one is the importance of understanding That you might be happy just, and when I say just, I'm not minimizing, but simply taking your money that you made in a nine to five and replacing it with your business. That might be what feels right and is alignment for where you're at right now. Others might want to build an empire, but this conversation has come up a couple of times with a couple of my other entrepreneur friends around when has it, become not okay just to be happy with making $250,000 a year, right? Like there's, there's so much consumption and so much push because of ads and things like strive for the seven figures, seven figures, seven figures, seven figures. And so then so many clients that I work with are going, but that's what I've been told. I got to strive for seven figures. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to go back just to the roots. What lights you up? What brings you happiness? What do you want to show up to do every single day? And let's build it around your kids or, you know, your elderly parents, but they've been so consumed right by everything on the internet. that They must have this empire. So I appreciate you sharing that because it just, again, I hope for those who have been hearing these seeds for a little while in the podcast, like again, build what feels good to you, not what you think you have to do, because again, everything else will be equal flow, ease and joy. So thanks for that one. The other yeah. thing that I like too is the essence of keeping your nine to five job. Right. Mm. again, There's lots of entrepreneurs, I won't name names out there saying, just quit the nine to five. You can make it in your whatever dream job. Okay. Yes. But all right. If you may have an inheritance and you've got money to set up your business and move quicker, and you might be able to do things like ads or partnerships or things like that, whatever, then yes, maybe. But if you don't, then the reality of it is, is that like, that's probably going to be a little bit difficult. So uh, it's, it's important to me. That, like I stayed in my nine, for, nine to five for many, many years. And then it was after that I started to see things started to rock and roll. I then got out of the nine to five, but the nine to five allowed me the opportunity to still have two weeks sick leave, four weeks annual leave. I bought another four weeks leave. I had- all the public um, holidays also that were in there. And so it allowed me less pressure on my family, less financial pressure, but also allowed me the opportunity to grow. So I also appreciate that comment because so many people are told just leave the nine to five and everything will come. And it's not necessarily like that.
1: Yeah. And to me, it was actually just so much more stressful building the business at first. When I was just like, I, I like, I'm starting this new thing, experimenting, and I'm putting so much pressure on myself to support myself immediately. So, and, and it was an interesting thing because again, like I said, the job that I took and it was super flexible, like my days allowed me to build a practice on the side, which I know is not always feasible, but the, the, the community that I was building, they were all my first clients. Mm-hmm. And so like, it just accelerated my business in ways that I could never have imagined. And so it's also just like being open to like things manifesting and taking shape in ways that you can't always see. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's been an amazing journey. And I think another big lesson for me, and this is so much related to my design is that like, and I think we've talked about this before that I think when I first started kind of doing, building the business, it was so much based on one-on-one sessions working with people. And I love that work, but it also felt a little bit limiting because at a certain point it was like, you know, if we wanted to grow or reach more people, like it would require that I sit with more people and like, I didn't have the capacity for that. Mm-hmm. And so I think really early on, we kind of explored ways to grow our business in ways that don't require me to just sit with everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so now it's like, I still do sessions, but they're a very small percentage of what we do, you mm-hmm. know, because we've kind of ex- found more accessible ways to share human design with the world. Um, that has also been easier on my time. And totally. so it's been really cool to kind of think about ways to do business in a way that allow us, and this is not for everyone. Like, so people want to do one-on-one exclusively, but has allowed us to kind of reach more people at a more accessible pr- price point, but also in a way that has been allowed more space for us to kind of continue developing and cultivating new offerings. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing is one-to-one will work for some people. It won't work for everyone, and also again, we'll get into the human design, which goes in greatly because if you understand more about your human design, you potentially will also be able to understand what type of you know containers, I guess, one to one, one to many, etc., that you're going to want to be able to do, and it will help you, right? So let's let's jump in because exactly. some people might be, you two are going on about human design, but what the hell is human design, ladies? Like, so let's just go back. I always like to just to start with the core basics because. Someone may have heard of human design before, but your definition could be slightly different. So let's just start with that. What is human design?
1: So human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint and how you're uniquely wired to thrive specifically how you're designed to build a business in a way that works for you, how you're designed to partner, parent, collaborate, be in community, like think of it as a, a roadmap to how you operate at your best. I think mm-hmm. so often we get tripped up when we try to kind of build business or show up in a way that doesn't actually feel good for us, but it's how mm-hmm. others are doing it. And I think human design like gives us a lot of permission to do things in a way that will work for us. And if you guys want to look, up, you can go to blueprint.com to look it up.
0: Fantastic. And we'll, we'll make sure that we include all these links in the show notes too, and we'll probably be reviewing them too as we go. But human design was really interesting because when I did my human design with you, so many things And we had a one-on-one session too, was things started to make sense is I'm not about having huge launches, for example. Right? And initially I thought those around money blocks, right? Before I went sort of mm. learn more about the human design, because it's like, surely there's a money block about this, you know, and am I worried that I'm going to be too successful? Am I worried that I'm going to fail? I like, I don't think this is a money block, but I couldn't quite figure out why was it that I preferred – Working with fewer people, and when I say fewer, I still work with hundred plus women on any given week throughout my programs, but they're not thousands. I still need, to, for me personally, I need to know their names. I need to know that if I was walking down the street, mm-hmm. I would recognize them. So when you were talking to me in our one-to-one session, it made sense that you said and as a projector, and what you know your design is made up is is you pr- you prefer smaller, intimate groups versus yeah. larger groups. And I was like, ah, if I would have learned that ten years ago in business beforehand, mm-hmm. then potentially. I wouldn't have been putting that pressure on myself around everyone else says you're going to have these big launches and I got to be scaling, but this feels good to me, but I'm not doing what others are doing. Then I was just like, I was able to detach more from that outcome going, this is just who I am and embrace that and be okay with that. So human design specifically for me, that was one of the key takeaways so far um, that has really just helped me be in a different spot and really shift that now for others out there that are wondering, okay, well, this is great. Human design, your energetic blueprint from birth, But what can people gain and what are the benefits people can get from understanding their human design?
1: Yeah, I think that... um... It gives us a lot of practical information around how to show up in a way that works for us. And so some of the kind of aspects of human design that are really useful is learning our type, which kind of speaks to how we're designed to best use our energy, whether you have the capacity to like do do do, whether you might work best in spurts, whether you're better suited to be a leader and a guide than you are a doer. Um, our strategy, which really helps us know kind of how to create the most aligned opportunities, whether we're meant to initiate or allow things to come to us or wait for an invitation. I think another really essential piece is our what we call our inner authority, which Mm -hmm. speaks to how we're uniquely wired to make decisions. And we're making decisions every day from who to work with, how to work with them, who to hire, when to leave an opportunity, when to start a new one. And it really helps us kind of know how to do those things in the most aligned way. And there's so much more. I think that like other really actionable kind of important pieces are like how we best market where we can get the most taken off track. So kind of areas to really keep an eye on, as well as kind of what our innate gifts and strengths are so that we kind of can lean into them more. So I think it really just gives us very practical information around how to show up in this world in the way that is like so authentic and is going to work the best for us.
0: Which I guess then that would, well, I know, but you obviously know too, but for those out there, are there tons of different human types of designs? Is there a core number of human designs? Like how many different types of human designs are there
1: so at the highest level there are five types but the type is just the first piece there are like many many like like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of configurations mm-hmm. Um, and so there are, yeah, there, there are like a bajillion possibilities, honestly. So, but I think that at the very highest level, learning your type is really important. There are five of those, but it's a very nuanced system. It's very specific, you know, like it's really revealed so specifically how we are each different. So you and your partner, you and your colleague might be the same type, but you, there's going to be so much more kind of distinguishing you underneath the surface.
0: Mm-hmm. and I know that's like when I was doing mine it's like I know another friend say is a projector which is one of those type of the one of the main five which I talk a little bit it. more in a minute but it was like oh okay but I'm this you're this right like completely different because obviously again like yeah. you said, there's so many different combinations can you just share the top the kind of five top tiers though just so that again people can start hearing the language around human design
1: of course. So high level, we've got manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. So manifesting generators and gener- do you want me to describe them? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, okay. that'd be right. Yeah, um, manifesting generators and generators are like here to be the doers, the builders, the creators. The more lit up and satisfied by what they're working on, the more energy that they have. So some of their biggest lessons are around prioritizing their own satisfaction, seeing that not as selfish, but actually as what allows them to have the biggest and most positive impact in the world. Mm -hmm. and also around boundaries. Just knowing that just because they're capable and competent doesn't mean that they're available for everything. So following what lights them up. Um, Manifesting generators specifically are often quite multi-passionate, like moving their energy in between lots of different things, move very quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. And generators are a little bit more about kind of like mastery and this like steadfast commitment they bring to whatever it is that they do. But Mm -hmm. both types have such a tremendous ability to bring ideas to life when they're excited and lit up by them. Mm -hmm. And their strategy is about letting things come to them and waiting for things to light up their gut before they go after it. Gotcha. So those are those two. Then we've got projectors. You know, projectors, you and I are both projectors, but projectors are really here to be advisors, leaders, guides, teachers, very natural kind of coaches or CEOs. They're often so innately sensitive and tuned into other people's energy and really good at asking their questions and offering very powerful insight. One of the biggest lessons for us as projectors is not trying to be the doer. So Mm -hmm. even though we might have like bursts where we can make a lot happen, we often aren't meant to just like do, do, do all day long. And so we might find that we're more successful when when we kind of build in space and rest and ease into our days. Um, Often projectors are really smart about people. They love any system that kind of helps them better understand people and how they work. And this strategy for us as projectors is to really kind of wait to be recognized and invited. So really working with and being intimate with people that deeply see us, recognize us and value us. Mm-hmm. Um, and also knowing that people cannot invite you in unless they see you. So kind of considering ways to make yourself visible. So like for you, the podcast is probably an amazing way to do that. It's a kind of just like share yourself authentically with the world in a way that allows the right people to kind of resonate with your energy and come to you. Mm-hmm
0: To secure your ticket, head to angelahenderson.com.au today.
1: Fantastic. Do you have any thoughts on the,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the projector has been a great, I mean, now that I've obviously been able to put together what does it mean and things like that. And 100%. The other, the second most important thing that I took away from you was the essence of letting people come to me. And I think I've always kind of done that really well, where I'm just like, listen, I always say, um, Amber McHugh and a friend of mine, an old coach of mine would also talk about like, she says often, like you're right on time, right? Like you're right on time people. And so instead of like, I'm not Mm -hmm. a hard salesperson, never have been. I'm kind of like, this is how it rolls. Of course I do follow up and of course it's a sales calls, but I'm like, it's gotta feel right for you. It either's working I or it's see. not. And I really do invite them, but I never hard sell. I don't ask them to buy on a call. I just let it kind of flow because I'm just like why would I want to force someone to buy something from me? And then we're we're not the right fit. And then they potentially come into my programs. And then there's like a, this toxicity around it, right? Like that's not good for anyone. Yeah. So that was a really, though I was already doing it, it was also just kind of that confirmation again that I was doing it in a way that was right when all of these other coaches that I've had have been saying like, no, you should be giving them the link on the call and you should be doing this. I'm like, no, that doesn't feel right. And knowing that actually that's part of my human design is just kind of, you know, let that invitation happen. The other thing that I've really taken away thirdly from since working with you was the essence of a lot of times I might reach out to say past speakers, past clients, past whatever, because I am a bit of a connecting person too. Um, And sometimes like, They'll go months and months and months, and I'll hear nothing from them or even years sometimes. And the first thing they'll do is ask me for something. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And old Angela, a few years ago, would have been like, "Oh, we're gonna sure da da da." but you talked about like, um, people have to reciprocate, write that back to me in order for me to, yeah. I can't remember the words you use, but in order for me to yeah. still want to continue that. And so I've really kind of gone, you know, at the end on a lot, not a lot, but a handful of people that I was really trying to connect with and stay connected with is they really don't put it back in. To the relationship, and so I've just gone. You know what? I'm not that I'm going to be mean to them or anything like that. And quote quote, unquote, we're still friends on Facebook and all things like that. But I've set better boundaries around that since meeting with you. And I've also just gone like, it's okay. Their human design is probably different to mine. They're probably not also connectors and don't need this. But for me, I need to know that when I put into the relationship that it's validated that this is a two way street and not just a take take take. So that was another key thing I learned through one on one with you, but also just understanding the blueprint that I'd also purchased
1: yeah i think that like so much of being a projector is feeling deeply recognized and seen Mm -hmm. you know and that's what fuels your ability to give and Mm -hmm. so if you're kind of in a place where you're giving so much and not receiving it will burn you out Mm -hmm. and community specifically for you and this comes from an aspect of our design aspect in our design called our profile is essential and so kind of Mm -hmm. cultivating the most aligned relationships is the best thing that you can do to kind of create more opportunity for yourself so anyone's that kind of aren't feeling aligned in that way can be more challenging Mm -hmm. um So the other two types are the manifestors and reflectors. So manifestors are often here to kind of be the initiators, the innovators, the ones that really have the energy to just like get things started and kind of get the ball rolling. Um, They have a very just innovative nature. And they're kind of really here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would say one thing that's very important for manifestors is feeling a sense of freedom and autonomy and control. They're really not here to kind of be told what to do or manage or guided in any way, like here to do things on their own terms and in their own way. So um, just exploring where they could feel more freedom in their life and, and knowing that they are often going to operate best in spurts. So mm-hmm. really kind of honoring that and not trying to do to do, do all day long. And I would also say in a more entrepreneurial capacity, like as a manifestor, your gift is like initiating and getting something off the ground, maybe Mm -hmm. not in sustaining or maintaining that thing. So also kind of giving yourself permission to be supported and hand things off. Mm -hmm. Um, The strategy for manifestors is to initiate, to kind of make the first move and also just make sure they're keeping the people around them kind of in the loop with their decisions and, and what they're choosing and when. Love it. And the last one is a reflector most rare type these people are deeply sensitive to their physical space and kind of always taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around and so while this is important for all of us it is so especially important for them to be such ruthless curators of the people they're spending time with and the places they're spending time in. Um, I mean like home city office and the magic of reflectors is in their fluidity, meaning that they might have some periods where they feel like a generator or a manifesting generator or a projector or a manifester. And their job is never to show up in just one way or be one thing, but basically honor whatever feels like them that day. Mm -hmm. Um, so really kind of starting to tune into that. And I think in the context of business, we call reflectors, evaluators, because they see and sense things that so many people don't. And so to kind of be in environments where their perspective feels really valued and recognized and invited in is really nourishing and healthy for them.
0: No. And and you said they're rare. Like what would you say out of all of the five? Wow. Okay. Yep. That's so interesting.
1: So, so generators and manifesting generators kind of collectively make up about 70%, which I just want to remind people in no way means that you're not unique. There's so much nuance underneath it, but it's because (laughs) these are the people that just generate and build and create. We need this energy so powerful, powerfully. And like, and it's really just like, honestly, I love being around generators. My husband's a generator. It's just like when they're lit up by what they're doing, it just like, feels so good to be around them. Um, Projectors about 20%. um, Because obviously if we were all guides in that way, we would need some more people to help us make the things happen. Totally. You know, so we kind of need this balance manifestors are about kind of eight to nine percent and then reflectors are about one percent wow
0: super interesting yeah like you said if we all were the same gosh the world would look very different right <laughs> so now we need that Do you mean, uh distribution which is right now for those out there thinking all right but i've done a lot of personality tests i've done the enneagram you know now i'm going to forget all the names of all the others but you get what i'm saying what's the difference between the human design and other personality tests
1: Yeah. So I think that one, human design is probably not for everyone because no system is. I think that what drew me to human design is that The information it offers is incredibly specific. Like I said, there are like a bajillion configurations, but also really practical and really actionable. Mm -hmm. I think that so often we are inundated with amazing information that's like really juicy. And then we have no idea what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I think the magic of human design for me is that it gives us so much practical information that we can integrate into how we make decisions, how we build businesses, how we pair our kids, how we show up in partnership. And so I think it's not just about like learning, but really about kind of like integrating this stuff into your day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what drew me to it. Um, and also there are so many layers of human design that can speak to how we best partner in terms of layering charts on top of each other, how to kind of build teams. So I just had never seen anything with the specificity that I found in human design. Um, and I find I work with a lot of skeptics because I do work with a lot of companies and I find that like human design tends to really resonate with the most skeptical of people because the language it's in, you know, which is so specific and so grounded and so practical, Mm -hmm. um, which is always my intention in sharing it, but yeah, that's what drew me to it but i think that and i think another big difference here is that some systems like enneagram or myers briggs or disk and and i love these systems you know they they are self-assessments where we kind of assess what we are based on what we see and what we experience in our own lives. Human design is obviously very different in that it's based on our time, date, and place of birth. And I think sometimes it's a little bit, for me, that's easier because like how my Myers-Briggs changes over time as I evolve and, and based on why I'm answering the questions. And so I think that there's something really nice about kind of the magic of human design and not only connecting us to what we're conscious of, but all these unconscious things that are underneath the surface.
0: And that's what I like, too, is that for me personally, it's like, how could it not say any, what I'm saying, it's like our time, date, place, birth, like all of that is us, right? Like that's not changing, even, I mean, yes, we're going to evolve, but that initial, when we hit Earthside, that 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 is solidified right and so that's why when I started to learn more about it because I too like have done the Myers-Briggs and I'm like hey I was this before now I'm this why is that whereas the human design just was so easy for me to digest and so easy for me to just like shrug, like start shaking my head and then just having those like aha moments going oh why yeah. didn't I know about this early right like it said so for me it was around the simplicity but also just the fact that you can't change when you were born this is just fact it's and so again it made sense about that, like that energetic blueprint, like this is you specifically because of when you came our side. So for me, that was like really important, but also I'm my ADHD brain does not cope well with like a lot of complex systems. And so specifically when I was reading the blueprint that you had, that I bought from you to kind of learn a little bit more, things were an easy language. It wasn't like a whole huge yeah. amount of jargon and over like, there's still a few words that needed to be in there, but it's like my brain got it. And I didn't have to like reread it 80 times, like on other things. And so that's what I also, like yeah. it's just a simplistic way for me to better myself better my family and better my business and mm. speaking of that i'm curious to know there'll be some businesses out there who are obviously just starting off in business but then there's other businesses who are potentially in that growth less scale stage is what i call it and so for those who are like looking at building teams for example how can human design help with building better teams because it's a big thing building teams because you go from a solopreneur and you step into like the CEO and you go from just managing yourself to now having to be a people manager. And not everyone is really good at that. So, how could human design specifically help when it comes to building teams?
1: Well, I think the first piece, and you kind of referenced this earlier when we talked about the different types, is that we just like are all gonna need different kinds of support. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it really helps us know what support we'll need. And then once that person's in the door, how to work with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that like I love working with teams and kind of really having a diversity of types, but also helping people understand how to really leverage their people. Like mm-hmm. Some people might respond best from an invitation. Some people might need kind of specific questions. Some people might need space to be in their own flow, whereas others are more collaborative. So, like, you know, I think like you mentioned reading over your human design, like it just doesn't tell us anything new. It just gives us a language to understand and ourselves and mm-hmm. own it even more. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think in the context of a team, it just brings so much understanding to how people work best. So mm-hmm. there, there's a little bit less like energy in like trying to navigate all these interpersonal dynamics, but you just like know how to do it. So then you can Mm -hmm. just kind of like build and create and make things happen so much more easily. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me as a projector, as an entrepreneur, it's been so important because like I used to want to be the doer in all the ways. And I've always had a generator or manifesting generator business partner, which of course is not required, but it's been tremendous for me. Mm -hmm. Like I think in in my business now, it's like my job is to be really good at human design, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like supported in the rest. And so I think it just helps us know what support we need and then how best to kind of leverage that support when it comes in the door
0: no I love it and for those out there I mean the human design is simplistic but it's also informative is what I would say and and for me who's a curious person there's also always something new that I'm learning right whenever I pick up the blueprint there's something mm. else that I'm ready to receive at that particular stage whereas I may have been looking for other clues as I was reading the blueprint and I was picking up on other things and I go back I'm like oh I didn't how did I miss that I've read it before right so, for those yeah. businesses out there who are like, okay, and you've been talking a little bit more about energy on the podcast over the last year, you've been talking more about healing, you've been talking about a variety of things over the last little while. Human design, I kind of got the itch. I'm kind of a little bit more curious. How can businesses get started with understanding their own human design? Mm. So, where do people start? Yeah. Where do they start? Like, what would you, I know that you've got, they can head to the link that you talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, I know that you've also got the blueprint, but just like, like, yeah. are there other podcasts maybe that they could be listening to? Like, where can they just collectively totally. start? And I try to keep it as simple as possible. Because I know if you type in human design into the internet, you potentially oh, are going to yes. get taken down like a so rabbit hole.
1: Well, well, worse. yes.
0: And yeah. just like with other business coaches or whatever, there's some people. Again, I'm not trying to be cocky, but I feel like I know what I'm talking about. I feel you know what you're talking about, Aaron, with human design. But there are yeah. others who have taken a fucking cereal box course and now considering themselves human design experts. Or um, you know, coaching consult. So there's bad in every yes. business that we're in. And so that's the 100%. problem is, is when you go, in my opinion, because when I did start getting curious about it, I was like, what the fuck? There's 900 options. Then yeah. I like did one human design thing and then the other, and I was like, these are two completely different things. I was like, but it was, they asked me date and time. I was like, this is so, I was like, ah. And then I found you, I was like, thank fuck there's just someone who's speaking about it <laughs> calmly, rationally, <laughs> in human language. And then I was again, <laughs> able to receive more. So what I'm saying is, yeah, what's yeah. the most simplistic intend yeah. them to get started without going down that big rabbit
1: hole? Yeah, no, it's such a good question. And I think that like the intention in our business is to just like create the most accessible and like beautiful place to begin learning about your design. You mm-hmm. know, like we just kind of want to be the best place to start. And so I think that I would say the best place to start obviously I'm biased is (laughs) is the blueprint. Um, And the blueprint is basically like a 55 plus page written guide to your unique design. And it's going to just like serve as an operating manual and book to you. And like, like you said, it's like meant to be super practical, actual language. And it's meant to be a resource that you don't read once. It's one Mm -hmm. that you keep going back to because like you've been experiencing, like based on where you are in your life and what's going on, different things will pop out and show up for you. You know, I Mm -hmm. think that like we come into this life without a manual and human design like literally gives us the manual and not in a predictive way, but in a way that really helps us know how to really flow with ourselves and not against ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a beautiful place to start. You know, I think that I also share a lot on Instagram. So if you look up your type, you can kind of go through all the posts that reference that. I also do offer private sessions, team sessions, um, partnership sessions, family sessions, all that stuff. And that's also um, on my website. And there are a bajillion podcasts. I know that I've been on a ton. I know that a lot of other human design people have been as well. So you can, that's a good kind of accessible place to start. Um, so I, I start with one of those, but I think that, like you said, just be discerning. Like, mm-hmm. I think that human design is really here to be a system that empowers us and expands us and gives us all the tools in the world. And it's not meant to be a thing that kind of disempowers us in any way. And I know some content out there, as is true with everything, can feel a bit disempowering. So I Mm -hmm. would just be really discerning. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do have a discount code for the blueprint. The end yes. to the one. So yes, we keep it. Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. Keep it. I can't tell you. I know a lot of my clients who uh, attended our live training session purchased from you and they were posting inside of my group. They're like, I got my blueprint. This is all I'm doing all night is pouring oh. a cup of tea or pouring a glass of wine. So um, I know one of my beautiful clients actually yesterday, I was speaking to her um, for the Aussies out there. Uh, Ash was her name. Uh, she. Uh, the American dates are different to the Australian dates, the way we input things. So, for example, we put the date first, then the month, then the year. Whereas in America and Canada, you guys put the month first, then the date, then the year. So, my beautiful client was like, Oh, I, I fucked up. I put in the wrong thing for Aaron. She's like, and I felt horrible. And she said, And it was just yesterday, literally in my session with Ash at Timer Recording from three to four yesterday. She's like, And Aaron, she's like, all of a sudden, it was like, she just, she just redid it. And it was there. And she's like, and I just got tears in my eyes. She's like, because she's like, I needed that. She's like, I needed to receive it. And so all I'm saying is like, again, your customer service, your um, ability to just like, (laughs) yeah, you, but what I'm saying is like just giving that feedback to you is like, she was so humble yesterday with that. And, but again, so if you are in Australia, because the majority of my listeners are when you go to put your date in, make sure you put the, month first not the day first is what I would say because that will give you a different um, output in regards to what your design is Um, so yes I would say now what is your website what is your website just so that they can head to
1: so our new website is com. So you mm-hmm. can look up your design and we actually just created a much easier way to look it up where it's like, you can't confuse the birth and the, the day and the month because mm-hmm. it, you know it is not the only one. She's not the only time it's happened. Um, mm-hmm. And then there'll be a link in terms of buyer blueprint book. And then if you'd like to book a session, that's on my personal website at erinclairjones.com.
0: It's fantastic. And again, if you'd like to get your blueprint, we do have the code Angelus still rocking and rolling from our live events. So feel free to use that. Yay. Now, I've got one final question for you, my friend. Yes. Is this? What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business?
1: What a great question. Um, Two things. One, and this is the magic of human design is just like honoring that we're all meant to do it differently. Like just because you saw somebody succeed in a certain way or market in a certain way, doesn't mean it's for you. And so just like honoring that your roadmap will look different and trusting yourself enough to kind of follow it and do it in a way that feels good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And secondly, I think that I really love this journey with my partner, really envisioning what we want to build. And, Mm -hmm. and, and how we want to do it in a way that feels really sustainable for us energetically. Mm -hmm. And so I would put some thought to that. You know, I, I work with so many entrepreneurs as clients that are totally burnt out, you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's like, I want to grow and also do it in a way that feels good. Mm -hmm. And so just like making sure that you're not letting that fall by the wayside in a process of kind of building a business, because it's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. And it's it's amazing thing. What I think also making sure it feels really good and aligned for you.
0: Listen, it's, and it's funny that you say that because when I first started off in business, don't get me wrong. I do believe that there's totally you need strategy, right? You, you definitely need strategy. But yeah. as I got older and as I got wiser, I was like, I always have to ask myself this question. So Is does this feel good? Does it excite me? Am I aligned with it? Because if that isn't set up from the beginning, it doesn't matter what strategy I give you we're going to skew our results right from the, we're, we're off to a bad start already because we're not in alignment. Our energy is not going to flow correctly. And it may work, but we're going to just be pushing so much shit up the hill for so long, right? So that alignment 100%. is so, so important. And I know even, you know, with clients of mine, they're like, and you know, I'm here for strategy. Yes, 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 I'll get to the strategy with you, but we've got to work through this first, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of one of, again, I do pride myself on that because I do know a lot of coaches aren't familiar with say even human design or the energy. And gosh, I wasn't tuning yeah. up until this year with human design, but understand about healers. And, you know, there's so many other components that make up business and that, yes, yeah, yeah. strategy is one. And I always say to my own clients, like I've got this thing called my trifecta. My trifecta is I do bring strategy, accountability, and sales and marketing, and when the, when I infuse those, I do make businesses become more profitable. But then my other kind con, 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 like containers. If you need human design, I would be referring them to you. If you need to work with a healer, I'd be referring them to my healer because those are not my zone of genius. So though I can reference them and bring them into the strategy, I still think it's really important that people understand where their, their zone of genius begins and where it ends, right? But like you can't be everything to everyone. So again, being able to blend those other modalities in with the strategy, I think is key to success in businesses.
1: Totally, I love that so much, and I think it is such a good reminder to not try to be at all and maybe you have to be early in the business. I know that i i I have in in many ways, but I think just like really honing in on where you offer the most value. And when it comes time, allowing yourself to be supported on the rest.
0: Mm. Amen. My friend. Now listen, before we sign off to those amazing humans listening today, please remember that my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And we'll make sure that we have all of those links that Aaron discussed today in the show notes. And for the rest of you, my friends have an awesome day, no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another awesome episode of the business and life conversations podcast. Thanks so
1: much for everything today,
0: Aaron.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the business and life conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, www.angelahenderson.com.au.